much, Shake and everybody. You're listening to the premiere episode of ImpTab Avatar Blades in the Dao Fei, the Blades in the Dark actual play where we make up almost everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Me, Thomas, a voice actor in an improv campaign. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm doing voodoo at the moment. <laughs> Christian Randall, back again, here for the imps, and excited and nervous. Uh, Evan <laughs> Peterson, uh, here in my first Avatar full campaign, and I'm here for the tabs. Ooh. I, excited and nervous are definitely exactly the words that I would use to describe how I am feeling about this new <laughs> campaign. Like, the first time we did it, I was excited because it was just fun. And I was like, <laughs> maybe someone will listen to it. And this isn't fun, so <laughs> it's over. Well, now it's fun, and I know at least least some people are going to listen to it and so i'm like oh <laughs> now it actually has to be good uh. yeah we i feel like we kind of set a standard with 10,000 things and now we have to actually live up to all the hype that we've been putting up for this new campaign gross but it's going to be probably quite a bit more improv heavy than 10,000 things because in that one i did have like a few different story beats kind of lined up that i felt like we might hit along the way some of those got completely thrown by the wayside but with this one, just the way that the game system works, I am more specifically like restraining myself from planning ahead. So basically like I've set up the sandbox, I know who all the factions are, I know what their goals are, I know what they're trying to do, and I've got some jobs prepared that I could potentially hand out to you guys. But aside from that, I'm like actively forcing myself not to plan too far ahead mm -hmm. because the system is just so reactive to what you guys are trying to do that if I try to plan ahead, stuff's going to break bad pretty quickly. <laughs> you better call Saul then. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it's going to break bad. Yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Don't worry. All of this nervous energy that we're displaying for you is just a ruse. We're actually incredibly confident. We're professionals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, hopefully you listened to our session zero that we released last week so you could get a sense of who these characters are. And depending on whether you decided to listen all the way through after that little break or not, we're probably going to reiterate along the way some of the mechanics that we discussed briefly during that session zero. Just whenever we reach a new mechanic here during this playthrough, we'll explain how it works and uh, yeah, help you guys learn as we go along. Um, I don't know when's a good time to do this, but there's a point of order with my character's name specifically I'd like to address before this starts. Ah, yes. So my character, uh, for those who aren't aware at this point, is named Hu Wei Young, which is a great name. I'm a big fan. <laughs> it's a real guy in history. Um, but I want to point something out. In, in Chinese, from the research I've done, generally it's the family name first and then the given name last. So if you call me Who, that's not right. That's my family name. Okay. Wei Young is my actual name. Good to know. A minor thing, and I'll live if you don't do that. <laughs> but this is a bunch of criminals, so keep your eyes out. All right. I just remembered that this is going to go on for longer than four sessions, so I booted up a thing to take notes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got my notes in the corner here. Yeah, who knows how many sessions this will take? I don't know how many sessions this will take. It's basically like either we become the Earth King or we don't. So. <laughs> There's no we don't. I'm going to be the Earth King by the end of this, okay? Remember when Ned wanted this all to be as canon as possible, and then Thomas was like, I'm going to be the Earth King. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But in any case, it is a bright new day in Bossing Sing Se. Woo! 
and we find ourselves in the middle ring in the mercantile district. Let's take a gander at what an average day looks like at Lang's Discount Pets. Now, we're still, like we said, kind of in the formative stages of building out your pet shop. So it's probably not super fancy yet, probably not a whole ton of people stopping by. But Seaway, what does your storefront look like? What's kind of the vibe people get when they walk inside? Yeah, so currently it's a little bit more um, function over form. Like you say, we're still getting things together. We still need to get some decorations, but we're trying to get up and running before anything. So when you walk in the door, there's a couple aisles with shelves with just some cages on them that have some various animals in them. Uh, each side of the room has a couple aisles with one more wide open area in the middle that leads directly to the front desk where I'm generally uh, sitting manning the counter, uh, usually playing with or grooming Spike, my wolf hedgehog, waiting for customers to come in throughout the day. Um, and then I might occasionally get up and go around to take care of animals, clean cages, feed, and things like that. Yeah. In fact, I think let's bring in our very first role of the game to kind of see how well stocked your shop is at the moment. So the way that rolling works in Blades in the Dark is it's all based on D6s, very similar to Powered by the Apocalypse, and you've got different degrees of success like Powered by the Apocalypse. What makes it kind of different is you always get to roll a certain number of dice, anywhere from one to four, I think is the max. You roll all of those and you take the highest result, and that's the one you go with. So if we're looking at Seaway's character sheet here, you have two action dots in Skirmish, so you would roll two dice and take the higher result, but you only have one action dot in Prowl, so you would roll one die and just take that result. What we're going to do with this roll is we're going to make a lifestyle roll. We're going to get just some mechanics right out of the way here at the beginning, and we're going to talk about how money works in the world of Blades in the Dark, because money is what makes the world go round in the criminal underworld. <laughs> and money is pretty abstract in Blades in the Dark. It's not about tracking gold pieces and silver pieces and copper pieces meticulously and like having a ledger and stuff. The only mechanical unit of money in Blades and Dark is called coin. One unit of coin represents a pretty sizable sum, like a nice bag of silver. That is what we'll be using for like big mechanical trades, like as we're leveling up the crew, gaining new assets, that kind of stuff. Incidental money, like if you guys want to go out and buy a bowl of bibimbap because you're hungry, <laughs> we just assume you have enough petty cash to buy a bowl of bibimbap. I love bibimbap. But in instances where you're maybe trying to get something a little fancier, we roll against your lifestyle. Our characters are going to be slowly but surely putting away coin into their stash so that when they retire, eventually they can hopefully have a decent lifestyle. And depending on how much coin you have in your, in your stash, that determines how many dice you roll for your lifestyle. So at this point, Siwei, you are pretty poor. <laughs> Your stash is at zero. Mm -hmm. And when you have zero dice, you roll two dice and take the lower of those options. Okay. So make a lifestyle roll to see what kind of stock you have on hand in your store at the moment. Very first roll of the campaign is two sixes. <gasps> no Holy way! Cow. Yes, it wow. is. Holy cow, what dude. Day. <laughs> what a day. This is going to be a good campaign. Yeah. <laughs> he rips open the walls and there's just stacks of cash in there. <laughs> there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> so when you roll two sixes on a skill check, that is a critical success. You get extra benefits on top of what you would have gotten typically. However, 
if you're rolling with zero dice, i.e. T- rolling two dice and taking the lower, you can't roll a critical. Um, it's, however, it's a critical in like the karmic sense, the yeah. energetic sense. It's a critical to show good fortune on the campaign. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, there are different levels of success in Blades in the Dark. If you roll a six, that is a full success. There's like no strings attached. You just did a really good job. A four to five is a partial success. You generally get what you want, but there's some kind of twist along the way. One to three, that's a full failure. Something bad's gonna happen in response to that. But you rolled a full success with zero dice for your very first roll. You've got some pretty darn good animals. And word has started to spread that Lang's Discount Pets, they're going fast. And you got to show up <laughs> if you want to get the good goods. I take pride in it, okay? I know where to I know where to acquire animals. <laughs> I, uh, I worked in a warehouse for a long time. And so I'm sure I saw my fair share of animal smugglers and made some connections. Mm-hmm. So you're currently manning the store and the bell above the door kind of jangled a while ago and in came a mother and her young son. This little boy is really interested in getting himself a new pet and he's currently looking at a koala otter. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's an (laughs) otter, but also a koala, uh, usually native to the North Pole. So it's a pretty exotic pet you've got here. Welcome to Ling's Discount Pets. How may I help you? I would like this pet right here, mummy. Give this man money. And give me this pet. Ooh, the koala otter. That can be a little bit of a difficult animal for a first-time pet. Do you think you're ready for it? Mummy, can we install a pool in the backyard? I've been asking you to do that for years anyway. <laughs> and she looks down harriedly at this child. I'm going to roll just like a mood check for her real quick. <laughs> That's another nice thing about Blades in the Dark is I actually do get to roll dice as opposed to <laughs> Avatar Legends. Yeah, you actually get to play. <laughs> yeah. So she is humoring her son a bit more than she normally might because, you know, she is very excited by all of this exquisite finery that she sees around her. It is a bit bare bones in presentation, but like the goods speak for themselves. And so she looks around and she's like, well, you know what, son, perhaps it might be time. It's getting hot. It's getting to be summer. So a pool might be nice. And perhaps we could swim with this nice little critter here. She kind of taps the glass on the side of the tank and the little koala otter does a flip, leaps out and sprays some water on them. And the boy kind of squeals in delight. Uh, now, see, well, let's have you make a fortune roll to see how much money you can get for this sale of this koala otter. We'll just do it with her quality tier. She's not like a super high noble. She's more of a minor noble. Let's have you roll with two dice. Take the higher or lower? Take the higher. Three. Okay, so you're not super, super familiar at this point with doing the finagling, the bartering and whatnot. So you don't get like a super high return off of this qual otter, but you do manage to get yourself two coin in response for this sale. Oh, wow. Boy. Even large already. That's pretty good. <laughs> Animals are expensive. Yeah, this will be kind of a, since we have a legitimate reputable business that you guys are running, we can have this be sort of a running thing going on like during downtime when you guys are gaining the benefits from the most recent job you did. We can have you roll once per downtime for the store to see how much money you're getting from it. That's awesome. Now you be careful when you swim with that. People assume koala otters are all cuddly because of the way they look, but they can be quite dangerous. The little boy's like, oh, I wouldn't worry about that at all. And you look over and you see the koala has a big rock and it's just smashing an urchin apart with it. (laughs) And I look at the little boy. 
Yes, I'm sure you'll be fine. You can swim with it all you want. And they leave with their new koala otter, and your purses are a little bit heavier now. And I will um, pick up this coin and walk into the back room that we have behind the counter uh, with a little sign that says employees only, where we have, you know, our table with a map of Bossing Say on it and our sort of some couches, some places to sit and an area for planning our future jobs and the work we're going to do as a as a crew. And I'm going to go back there and put the coin in. I presume we'd probably have some sort of safe that we could keep our money in. Yeah, so currently you do have a safe for your team. You can put four coin into the safe. And then as you continue to expand your crew, you can increase the size of your vault to the point where you'll eventually be able to hold 16 coin here in your hideout just for the crew at large. All right. So yeah, so I'll go back and open up the safe and see the one coin we've already got in there and I'll add these two coin to the pile. And now Tonin and Wei Young, you presumably have been back here scheming and whatnot. And since this is more your part of the hideout, you know, Seaway handles the look of the front facade, the actual storefront. You guys are more in charge of this portion of the hideout. So what's the vibe that we have here around this big table with the map on it? So I'm currently, since we're in the hideout, I'm wearing my mask and I'm currently bent over the table pointing at a piece of paper. Um, and I'm saying, Wei Young, it's very important to me. I need this addition made. I know it's gonna be expensive, but I need a room, 20 feet by 20 feet by 20 feet, completely soundproof. I just, I need that made for the for our hideout. It, it's gonna be expensive, but we've gotta make it work. I could certainly make a 20 by 20 by 20 room for you, but why soundproof? <sighs> I kind of look around nod to Seaway as he walks in. You know how I come from the Earth Sages. Yes. It's part of my training. I need this room. It's The room isn't really what's going to be the expensive part. It's what we're going to put in it. Have you ever heard of a singing bowl? I don't think I have. Uh, <laughs> a singing bowl? Uh, yes. It, it's a, usually some sort of a bowl made of a copper or some sort of metal. A singing bowl. I thought you said a singing bull. I was very confused. <laughs> that felt more like Seaway's arena. Singing bulls are only found in the Fire Kingdom. Can we get one of those? Maybe in the future. A soundproof room would actually be great if we get any noisier animals. Well, this room specifically, I'm going to be making a 10 foot by 10 foot singing bowl for a person to sit in and meditate mm. whilst it's being rung. Thus, I need it to be soundproof. Hmm. Allow me to speak with my butler and see what I can accomplish for you. Ugh. You know I don't like that guy. <laughs> you do not discuss my butler without my permission. Okay. You know, yeah, I understand. You've got your ways. I've got mine. As far as we're concerned, he doesn't have a butler. Right, right. And I tap the side of the porcelain nose on my mask. <laughs> All right. We're going to roll real quick to see what your butler's name is. Do you want him to have a Daofei name or an Abider name? Uh, I mean, I feel like my butler's probably, he's not in the gang, but he does what I say. So <laughs> I would say Abide Fei if that's an option. <laughs> All right. Your butler's name is going to be Day. Just day? Day. D-A-E, day. I like it. Cool. I'm good with that. Nice solid Earth Kingdom name. All right, you check with day, see if we can get this done. And I know it's going to cost some coin, 
But it looks like our good friend Seaway here just made a pretty decent sale. Ah, uh, yes, Seaway. Excellent work today. What'd you end up selling? Um, a seal. It was a seal sale. A seal sale? Well, a koala seal. I made two coin. A two coin koala seal sale? <laughs> a two coin koala seal sale. Did you see where the sea sale went? <laughs> I would be interested in procuring the location of someone who can afford a two-coin koala seal sale. Well, they might not have gone far. I suppose I could go try and tail them. And you hear a shifting noise from a table off to the side, a pie show table at which Eelhound and the boys are sitting. <laughs> I'm just now remembering we have Eelhound and the boys. Yes. Eelhound, when you have a moment, uh, could you sneakily pursue these koala seal it's not even a koala seal, it's a koala otter sale person people went. <laughs> I will be more than happy to do that for you, Mr. Wei Young. I've been kind of cramped up in the back here all this time. I need some action. Then go get some action, my friend. All right. One thing real quick that we should note with Eelhound and the boys, as it were. <laughs> now, because we took the Blood Brothers special ability for the Bravos, that gives any of your gang cohorts the thug type for free. But if they're already thug type, then they get an additional type for free. So Eelhound and the boys are going to be thugs, but we also get to choose now whether they're going to be adepts, rooks, rovers, or skulks. Adepts are scholars, tinkerers, occultists, and chemists. Rooks are con artists, spies, and socialites. Rovers are sailors, carriage drivers, and scavengers. And skulks are scouts, infiltrators, and thieves. I like a scout. Yeah, mm -hmm. a scout would be pretty handy. Okay, we'll make a note about that. So, we're going to send Eelhound and the boys off to track this long-suffering noble mother and her young child. <laughs> so, we're going to make a roll with their quality score. And again, because they are elite thugs, they roll one additional die. Now, since you guys are tier zero, a lot of your stuff is not going to be very great right here at the beginning. <laughs> that includes your cohort here. Because you are tier zero, your cohort additionally is tier zero, meaning that their quality is poor. Ooh. They're elitely poor, though. Yeah, so they roll one additional die than they normally would. They're not going to roll zero dice. They're going to roll one die which means they're adequate. Hey, so, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, we'll have them go off and then uh, remind me during our next downtime, we'll go ahead and roll that to see how well they did and if they can get you some of that information that you're looking for. I will remind you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and an additional note, them being at this point an adequate quality gang, that means we have three to six people at any given time that Eelhound can muster up to be part of this gang. Hey, that's awesome. So Eelhound rounds up the boys and they give you the Dao face salute. They place their left hands out in front of them with the palm downward and place their right fist on top, the symbol of the stone of the Dao Fei flattening the square abiders beneath them. Ooh. They give you the Dao face salute and a little bow and then they walk out to the front and then Eelhound peeks his head in at the last moment and says, Mr. Seaway, there's, there's another customer out here. Thank you. I'm always stuck dealing with customers instead of getting to go on tails these days. We'll get you one. You come with us. Next one. I promise. And I'll take a deep breath and duck my head through. Hello, welcome to Ling's Discount Pets. How can I help you today? And you see at the front door, one of the boys in Eelhound's crew is talking to the customer. She's got her back to you at the moment. And she's like, oh, no, that'll be perfectly all right. Thank you. And then the crew walks out and she turns around and it's a girl you recognize. This is Jenna, the servant, who is Wei Young's ally. That's my gal. <laughs> and she turns and sees you and says, 
Oh, Siwei, uh, it's wonderful to see you. How has your day been going? Oh, we've had a, I suppose, busy morning by our standards. Uh, are you here to uh, actually peruse the wares, or are you here to see Wei Young? Oh, yes. Well, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm here to see Wei Young. Yes, I have some news from him from my employer. But, uh, I mean, I thought maybe we could just, you know, how are you doing today? Oh, um, I'm doing good. Just um, the usual, taking care of the shop, making sure the animals are fed, grooming Spike here, and I pick up Spike and give him some pets. And you kind of prick your finger a little bit and shake it. There's a little drop of blood that's starting to form, and she laughs maybe a little bit louder than she ought to, and as you look at her in the silence that follows, she has this kind of doofy smile, but then goes, oh, yes, yes, of course, uh, that's wonderful, Spike. Lovely, lovely little guy. Um, yes, I I should go speak with Mr. Who, though. Uh, is he in the back at the moment? Um, yes, uh, yes, he is. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I should have asked how uh, how you were doing, but if you need to talk to him... Oh, I... I've, I've got time, I've got time. And she <laughs> leans down onto the front desk and starts telling you about some of the errands that she's been doing. Jenna is, broadly speaking, just kind of the personal errand runner for this high-ranking architect in the Earth Kingdom Society. And so she talks about, you know, some of the shopping that she did and the exorbitant gowns that his wife is always wanting her to get and that kind of stuff. And it's so expensive, but she got to try on some of the dresses. So that was nice. And then after a while, uh, she does say, yes, well, uh, it's been nice chatting with you, but, you know, business is business, unfortunately. Oh, of course. You can you can go back and talk to him now. Uh, you're always lovely. To, it's it's always lovely to <laughs> see you. Yes, so. it's always lovely to see you as well. And then she sprints into the back room. <laughs> the door slams open and she kind of like sprawls herself against the door and she's kind of like breathing heavily. And she looks up and sees you both and says, ah, uh, Tonin, Wei Young, it's a, uh, ah, yes, I've, I've got some business to talk about. <laughs> oh, Jetta, a pleasure to see you as always. I hope Seaway didn't give you too hard a time. Oh, no, he he's lovely. He's he, It's always lovely talking with Seaway. Uh, now, my employer, I've learned some interesting things that I think you would be very interested in. Please, take a seat. Tonin, do you have any of that special tea you make? I'll go brew some up right now. Thank you very much. I'll sit down next to Jenna. I will note, as soon as she walks in, I turn my back and make sure she doesn't see my face. Um, I'm going to make sure that I grab a disguise, one of my fancy disguises I have hidden about, so that when I come back in, I'll be all faced up for her, so I don't, I'm not wearing my mask around outsiders. So yeah, you sit down, Wei Young and Jenna, around the table with the map, and you know Jenna's employer. We're going to find out his name right now. I'm going to roll for it. Ooh, all this rolling is exciting. It's also day, coincidentally. <laughs> it is Tuguslar. What? Tuguslar? Tuguslar. Is that two names or one name? Uh, just one name, Mr. Tuguslar. <laughs> Tuguslar. How is old Tuguslar doing these days anyway? Well, things are moving forward slowly but surely on the monorail system. And the monorail, it's been a big thorn in pretty much everybody's side for the past like 15 years or so. Because early on, right after Avatar Kyoshi kind of made herself known, kind of started up an alliance with the Earth King and whatnot, the Earth King was like, well, you know what, maybe this is a good time to do something for the public good. And so he declared that this monorail system would be built around Bossing Say. The unfortunate thing that happened with that is some of the buildings, some of the businesses had to be foreclosed and demolished to make room for the monorail to go in. 
In fact, the first such business was the Woodfrog Lumberyard. They evicted everybody and got ready to tear the place down. The interesting thing, though, with the construction of the monorail is as slowly but surely these businesses have been getting condemned, during the space between their foreclosure and the demolition, that's like a golden opportunity for Dao Fei gangs to go in and take over some turf, get into that area when all of the abiders have left, and then, in the time between then and its demolition, spread the roots out into the surrounding buildings, claim that little portion of soil for the gang. So, there's been a lot of resistance from the citizens, so it's been a very slow process of building the monorail, and so it's not very often that a new business is approved by the Earth King to be demolished for the monorail to go in. And Jenna tells you, two new locations have just been approved for demolition. So this could be an opportunity for you guys to stake a claim in the lower ring. Oh, excellent news, Jenna. Please point them out on the map for me. Yeah, so she points to two different locations in the lower ring. And I mentioned in session zero that the lower ring was going to be split into three different districts. That's a lie. There's four. Four quarters in the lower ring of Bossing Say. They are, broadly speaking, the southwest district, southeast, northwest, northeast. They do have names. The Southwest District, that's the one that is closest to the official entrance into Bossingsay. So it sees a lot of the commerce and stuff that's coming in from outside of Bossingsay. That is the Lungkau District, the same one the Knowledge Seekers visited when they first got into Bossingsay. And then on the very furthest side in the Northeast District, the furthest one from the entrance, that's known as the Hound's Teeth. It's a very poor part of the lowering, the poorest part of the lowering, because all of the good stuff is snapped up in the other districts before it manages to make its way all the way to the other side of the lowering. And then in between those, there are two not opposing districts per se, but you've got Ember Alley and Little Agnaquila. Ember Alley so named because a high concentration of Fire Nation citizens have gathered in that quarter, and Little Agnaquila. Uh, Agnaquila is the name of the capital of the North Pole, so similarly, that's where a lot of the Water Tribe immigrants have settled in that district. So, she points towards one location in Ember Alley, a bathhouse that has been condemned, and one in Little Agnaquila, a textile mill. Oh, excellent. Those would be great opportunities for us. Thank you, Jenna. Now, I understand you uh, were interested in some dresses that the master's wife had. Uh, yes, that is correct. I've been out doing some shopping today. Unfortunately, none of them were quite to her liking, so I'm going to have to keep looking, unfortunately. Well, if you happen to see one or two that you like, please allow me to get them for you as payment. Oh, why, why, certainly that would be, that would be lovely. Uh, I would, I'd love to look nice for reasons. Well, I won't pry any further, though I have my suspicions. <laughs> uh, yes, you you and your suspicions. Uh, one thing that I should note about these two locations, they are currently also being scoped out by some of the other factions in the Lower Ring. And she points to the one in Ember Alley, the bathhouse. This one is currently being scoped out by Gecko's Very Good Smuggling Operation. <laughs> ah, that old chestnut. <laughs> He will be of no concern to us. Oh, well, Gecko is one of the longest established Dao Fei bosses in the entire city. They are one of the highest tiered gangs in the city. You should maybe not treat it quite so flippantly. I mean, I have no doubt that you would be able to beat them to the punch if worse came to worse, but they've been around for a while. They, they, they know what's going on. Well, 
They may have been around for a while, but we're much better at the game than they are. <laughs> mm, it's good to hear. Uh, the other one, she points to the textile in Little Ognakila. This one is being scoped out by Gecko Jr.'s even better smuggling operation. <laughs> Do I even need to say anything about Gecko Jr.'s? A bunch of amateurs at best. They're slowly but surely making their way up through the ranks. The, uh, Of course, the battle between parent and child has been rough on both of the operations. But this is essentially your opportunity. Whichever of these factions you decide to take the turf from... You are staking your claim as to which is your ally and which is your rival. At this point, I'll come back in with the tea. Face done up, just a, not necessarily handsome, but a simple looking earth bending man with black hair, trying to keep my face not very distinctive with the makeup and stuff I'm wearing. Yeah, this is one thing to note with Tonin. One of the items that you have specifically as the slide is a fine disguise kit. This means that whenever you are going to make a roll to try and pass yourself off as being somebody else, you get increased effect for having this fine disguise kit as opposed to just a regular disguise kit. Absolutely. And, and this face I'm wearing would be the one, my alias, the Lao Kai that I am when I'm amongst the other criminals and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll come in. This is Oolong, green leaves with a red edge. My father always told me it was a, a sort of beauty enhancer. I thought you might find it interesting. You guys are really trying to butter up this relationship, aren't you guys? <laughs> I mean, you're the one who, like, ten minutes in, we've already got a love interest. We're criminals, not villains. Come on. <laughs> oh, okay. Just because we're bad guys doesn't mean we're bad guys. Exactly. Oh, I'm a bad guy, don't worry. So yeah, you share some tea with Jenna. Uh, any other pleasantries or details that you would like to get from Jenna before she goes about her way? I have nothing at the moment. I don't know if Tonin does since he's back here. I couldn't help but overhear what you were talking about. Um, and it does seem like we might be able to use that pre-existing prejudice uh, for our, our own advancement. I really appreciate you coming here directly with this. I'm sure we can come up with something advantageous. Do you happen to know, you mentioned that the senior has been well-established, but I'm more interested, you said that the sun has been rising quickly. Have you heard anything recently? Uh, the daughter, incidentally. Oh, wow, I am ill-informed. You really need to reconsider your biases, Tonin. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the faction structure in Blades in the Dark. So there are a whole bunch of different factions. We've got all of the Dao Fei gangs. That includes people like Geckos and Gecko Juniors, people like the Jings and the Fanged Mercenaries and you guys. We've got various institutions, which are like some of the legally established groups. You've got stuff like the Bossing Say Guard and the Anti-Corruption Task Force. You've got the different embassies for different nations, etc. Uh, we have labor and trade organizations. These are the people who are getting the work done. Stuff like farmers and merchants and spiritualists. And then just the general citizenry that is for each of the different districts, just the people who live there. And as you interact with the world of bossing, say, your status will increase and decrease with these various groups. If you prove to a certain group that you are an ally, that being friends with you would be beneficial to them, your status will increase. Otherwise, it'll decrease. And each of these individual factions also has a tier. That is how powerful they are. You guys are currently tier zero. You're at the very lowest rung. But then we look at groups like Gecko's Very Good Smuggling Operation, for example. They are tier three. 
Uh, Gecko Jr.'s even better smuggling operation is Tier 2. Um, <laughs> Gecko's was originally Tier 4, but as Gecko Jr.'s has come in and started stealing some of their business, they've decreased to Tier 3, and they're getting to this point where they're starting to meet in the middle, essentially. Oh. I appreciate the information. Also, I will need to evaluate my uh, prejudices. Uh, is her name Gecko? Or that's the family name. Uh, that is the alias, I suppose you could say. Right, right. Interesting. We'll have to do some recon. Well, we don't want to get you too involved. Plausible deniability and all that. Uh, did you like the tea? I've been trying to get better. I, I may have oversteeped it. Oh, no. It was it was very delightful. Uh, is, is it working? And she kind of puts her hands underneath her face and <laughs> flutters her eyelashes a little bit. Do hearts start floating out from behind her head or yeah there's a nice anime sort of pan across her face and there's little like sakura blossoms in the background and stuff i kind of squint my eyes and i pull out a little paintbrush from my pocket and i give her a little dot one little beauty mark uh right on the cheek and i say you're glowing go see how seaway likes it <laughs> all right well wish me luck good luck she steps out from the back into the front uh, leaving the two of you with this new information. Oh, wow. This is an incredible opportunity. I must admit, again, biases on the table. I really like a bathhouse. There's something about it. It's really nice. You never struck me as the bathhouse type, Tonin. Are you calling me filthy? I believe that someone who isn't able to hold power shouldn't hold power. I, I believe we should assist Gecko Jr. in her pursuit. Wow. I'm going to pretend that you didn't dodge my question. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> I, I turn to one of the animals in the corner and I just point at Wei Young. Ugh, can you get a load of this? Anyway. The little squirrel frog just stares at you impassively. <laughs> one eye blinks at a time. Clunk, clunk. Mm -hmm. I also am a big fan of rooting for the underdog. So it makes a lot of sense to not go for the bathhouse. So here's the thing. Since Gecko's senior is the one who's trying to get the bathhouse, if you guys steal the bathhouse for yourself, then that is a blow against Gecko senior. Wow. Full circle. Logic really makes a lot of sense when you think about it. So you both get what you want. <laughs> I always get what I want, Seaway. You should know that by now. I'm not there. <laughs> I can hear you in the other room. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to tie into seizing claims. Each type of crew, you're trying to expand your turf, expand your influence within the city. And so you do that by seizing claims. And the most basic kind of claim is turf. You just have more land, more space that you can work from. And the more turf you have, the easier it is for you to increase in tier to become a more powerful and more reputable gang. And the way that seizing a claim works is Every claim already belongs to another faction, and you have to steal it from them. So if you succeed in stealing your claim, you get a minus one status with the target. Normally it's minus two, but like I said in the session zero, since there are so many fewer factions in our version of Blades in the Dark than there are in the stock version, since we have fewer targets, we're not going to have your status decrease quite so quickly. So anywhere in the book that it says minus two status, we're gonna just have that be minus one status. So the faction that you take the claim from, you gain minus one status with them and potentially plus one status with their enemies. So the direct result is if you succeed in taking this bathhouse from Gecko Seniors, you're gonna get minus one status with Gecko Senior, plus one status with Gecko Junior. 
Perfect. Let's make a plan. I say we do this. I did promise Seaway. He is right. We haven't been including him as much as we should have been in the past couple of jobs. Oh, he's been busy with his business. Those pets aren't going to tend to themselves. I like him. He's a good guy. I like Seaway too. Yes, let's invite Seaway back. All right. Uh, I'll put my mask back on and put an ear to the curtain. So you, you kind of peer out and you see Jenna uh, stepping out the door, giving a very happy little smile and wave as she sweeps out through the front door. Goodbye. See you soon. Seaway. Oh, yes? Uh, why don't you close up shop for a little bit? We have some new information. I'll pull a little sign out from behind the counter that says, back in 10, enjoy our furry friends, and put it on the <laughs> counter, and I'll come to the back. Um, yes, what did you need me for? Jenna has uh, given us some information. There's a bathhouse that Gecko Senior is trying to claim, and we're going to step in before that can occur. Would you like to help us? Oh, yes, of course. That sounds delightful. I assume that would probably make Gecko Jr. quite happy to hear that we've stepped in before. That is the hope. It would make her very happy. Congratulations. Excellent memory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I know how much you've both been talking about the masked spirits representing the new generation of the Dao Fei, uprooting the old ways, so I'm sure helping out Gecko Jr. would be in line with that mission. That's the plan. That's the hope. Also, um, my bias is on the table. I'm a bathhouse kind of guy. <laughs> I'm not sure what that has to do with anything. <laughs> I just love a bathhouse. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind taking over one. Well, it seems you two are in luck then. Oh, no no comment about who you think he doesn't look like a bathhouse guy. <laughs> he does appear to be a bathhouse kind of guy. You know, there's more than one way to take a bath, Tonin. I did not imply that you didn't want to take a bath. I simply thought you were one who wished to bathe in private. Maybe he was just implying that you bathe for utility and function rather than for relaxation. Wow. This feels like it may be a targeted jab. (laughs) I too can bathe for relaxation. (laughs) Alright, regardless of how we take baths, I think we're in agreement we're going to take over a bathhouse. Yes, that seems to be the next best step. Now, she's shown me where on the map. Uh, What do you two know of this region? Well, I don't know what I know. <laughs> there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of firebenders in that part of town. I, get, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, but that could be concerning if we draw the wrong attention while we're there. Sounds to me like perhaps it's time to gather information. So the way that gathering information works is you make either an action roll or a fortune roll. Action rolls are our skills such as survey, hunt, skirmish, etc. And a fortune roll is just a roll that we make with a certain number of dice depending on whatever we feel like in the moment. So you guys are trying to gather information, surely amongst your various stuff here, you've got your map, you've probably got some other ledgers, books about the state of Bossing Say, especially with Tonin and Wei Young coming from noble families, you have connection to help you gain information about kind of the goings on in certain regions. So either of you can roll to gather information. Is this just gather information as in what information we already have or new information? Yeah, depending on how you want to gather the information, you can just scour through the information you have here in the hideout currently, or you could hit the streets and try and talk with people. I would like to hit the streets. Um, I would like to go put on a disguise. Um, I'm going to go as a woman, draw a little less suspicion, I hope. I'm going to carry an easel out and I'm going to sit on the side of the road and offer, you know, for a few coppers or something to do a quick little portrait of people 
and just get them talking. And since I am from Taku and there's plenty of trade, I know firebenders, I'm going to make sure my art is in a style that would be reminiscent of the Fire Nation. So these people are more likely to be like, oh, I want it's going to be reminding me of home. So I'm going to try and get some information out of these people. Um, hopefully I can either consort or sway. Probably more of a sway, I guess, since I'm deceptive about it. Yeah. So one thing about the way using skills works in Blades in the Dark, typically in a skill-based game such as Dungeons & Dragons or Call of Cthulhu or something, the GM would respond to something like this saying, okay, this is what you want to do. I, the GM, interpret that as being a sway role or a consort role. The way it works in Blades in the Dark is the player's the one who gets to choose what skill they're going to use for the role, and then the GM in response to that essentially states how difficult that role is going to be, how risky it is, and what kind of effect you can get from that role. Gathering information is pretty straightforward. It's just a matter of if you get a full success, then you get exceptional details. A partial success is good details, and a failure is limited details. So, you say you're going to sway these people. How many action dots do you have in sway? Two. All right, so you're going to roll 2d6 and take the higher result. All right, here's my first roll. That's a five and a six. Very oh, nice. Baby. I ain't upset about that. Yeah, the higher result being a six, that is a full success. So, you get exceptional details, complete information, and follow-up questions reveal related information, maybe even more than you expected. Perfect. So, I'm dolled up like a Fire Nation woman. And I'll make sure to try and pull over some officious-looking Fire Nation-looking fellow, because maybe I can distract him with my womanly wiles as well. Mm -hmm. He's very impressed, like you even got the top knot of your hair so perfect and pristine, the ultimate sign of, like, nobility and grace within the Fire Nation society. Might I draw you, sir? Ah, I would not be opposed to that at all. Thank you. Oh no, the pleasure is mine to be able to capture such a striking face. Ooh, that's good. As he sits down and I begin pulling out my brushes and everything, I am relatively new to the area. I have was hoping to meet my uncle here, but unfortunately his business was just closed down. He ran a bath here. I don't know if you've heard of it. Ah, are you speaking of? I'm going to roll for the name real quick. Ah, uh, you're speaking of the Zishin family's bathhouse, are you not? In Ember Alley? Absolutely, so you have heard of it. I tried to go by, but well, I was worried. I, I thought I saw some unsavory-looking folks about. Uh, is that something that is happening here? Some sort of problem? Ah, uh, yes. The bathhouse is being foreclosed in order to make room for the monorail, as I understand it. It's, uh, I mean, I don't wish to get too political about things when I'm just here getting my portrait drawn. Oh, please, uh, I'm woefully ignorant of local politics. If you could enlighten me, I would greatly appreciate it. Ah, uh, well, of course, we being Fire Nation citizens as ourselves, we can speak a bit more freely about the bumbling of that Earth King who rules this place. <laughs> A great abuse of authority, if you ask me, going in there and just closing whichever businesses he pleases so he can erect this grand monorail. A silly dream. They should be more like firebenders. Yes, and I mean, I don't need to speak to you, of course, of the hardship that the Zishin family is going through right now. That was their entire livelihood, and now that they are without their bathhouse, I, I don't know how they're going to make it. It has been difficult. Uh, my uncle is not necessarily the closest family member of mine. I'm uh, more here to experience the culture and see the world. Uh, but uh, yes, it is, it is quite difficult for him recently. I am worried, though. Uh, 
he seemed particularly distressed that the foreclosure of his business may invite some, perhaps, unsavory characters around. Do you know if this has happened before? He seemed to be certain that it would. Ah, yes. The Dao Fei threat is far-reaching. You can hardly take two steps without getting your foot in scum down there in the lower ring. Some of my friends who go down there a bit more frequently than I have been, you know, trying to keep tabs on the situation. And it seems that there is a particular entrance on the northern side of the bathhouse where ruffians, unsavory types, have been seen gathering very frequently. Oh, I'll make sure to avoid that particularly. Is there anything else you could help me avoid in in the area? I just... I am only a woman. Ah, yes, well... You know how your uncle is. He does like to pull a bit of a prank. Uh, he's left some uh, surprises for the uh, Earth Kingdom engineers when they arrive to tear down the place. Oh, well, I'll make sure to remove all of my belongings before those are fully set. And I'll turn it around, the picture that I've drawn. Do you feel like I've captured you fully? Ah, oh, it is delightful. Uh, we'll say that the six that you rolled on your roll here to gather information will carry over to the quality of the portrait that you've drawn. It is a remarkable likeness of this man. And why shouldn't it be? You have had years and years of experience studying faces, drawing them down. I, I hate to even ask, but would you be offended if I kept this drawing for my personal collection? It, you do have such a striking face. Ah, well... I suppose I would be able to relinquish myself of this particular piece of artwork for one as lovely as yourself. Oh, you flatter me. And I will bow deeply, turn around, pack up my things, and go to leave. Ugh, what a vile man. All right, you head back into the back room. Wei Young and Siwei, have you guys been doing anything while he's been out doing that? I'm just, uh, I'm just running the shop. I'm not very good at that type of information gathering. At most, I might, um, go take a stroll around the area at night just to kind of get a lay of the land, but, uh, not probing too much deeper than that. Um, I imagine that since I'm homies with Jenna, a servant who works in the Master Architect's household, I imagine I would have gone to her and see if she could get, like, um, a draft, a floor plan, something like that of that building yeah good call go ahead and roll to gather information i think that would fall under either study or consort study to like you know study details of something consort to convince jenna yeah i think with jenna's relationship that she has with you guys you probably don't need to do too much convincing okay so it would be more of a matter of like okay she's grabbed just a couple scrolls on the down low while the master wasn't looking are you able to find what you want from those scrolls study it is Yowza, that's a three. I rolled two dice for that, and I got a three. Um, This will be the first time I'm attempting to do it, so I have to ask, if I'm attempting to help, is that something I can do after the roll? Yeah, this is... Rules is written, there are a lot of systems where, like, we, we talked about this a little bit with Avatar Legends, with the idea of having forward, the idea being that when you gain forward, that is that bonus is only supposed to apply to the next roll that you make, Uh, Another example being having inspiration in Dungeons & Dragons. Technically speaking, you're supposed to say before you make the roll whether you're using that inspiration. And in Blades in the Dark, rules is written, I think you're supposed to do it before the roll. I, as a GM, like to be a little bit more generous than that. (laughs) So I would say that if you would like to help, the way that you assist somebody else in Blades in the Dark is you take one stress and that allows them to roll one additional die. Add one die to their roll. 
Perfect. I will go ahead and take that stress, um, and as we reconvene, I'll make sure to point out or mention that northern entrance in the back that I picked up in my studies. So I'm going to mark that stress for you. Let's hope that's helpful. Thanks. Another two. Oh, come <laughs> on. You know what? I'm going to push myself just to see if somehow out of four dice, one of them is higher than a three. Yes. Yeah, so here's how pushing yourself works. Uh, this is what we call like scoundrel's luck in Blades in the Dark. Uh, the way that the math works out, I won't get like too nitty gritty into the details, but broadly speaking, the way that the math is set up, you'll get a partial success more often than not, meaning that you will succeed, but at a cost. And you always have the option to push yourself. You mark two stress. We already talked about, you know, Tonin marked one stress to help out. Stress, you can only accumulate a certain amount before you are incapacitated. So you have to be a little bit careful with how much you use. But in pushing yourself, you can mark two stress. And there are a few different things you can do with pushing yourself. One of those is gaining an additional die to a skill roll. So sounds like Wei Young wishes to do that. Fourth one. I mean, what are the <laughs> odds to get another two or three? Why would you even say that? Five. Woo! We will take it. Jeez. Man, we've already marked three stress between us and we haven't even started the job yet. You can take up to eight stress, by the way. So, with a partial success, you get good details and some clarifying follow-up questions. So, yeah, you're looking around, and it's an old map, a few decades old at this point. So, you've got, like, the general structure of the building for sure, but you would imagine, especially since it's in the lower ring, there have probably been some renovations here and there, maybe some additions, some adjustments to the interior. So, you feel like you've got a good baseline, but it might not necessarily be the most accurate result. Okay. I mean, that's helpful, though. Gets kind of what we want. Um, in addition, given my, my status as a minor noble here, would I know where they live? Hmm. Not where the bathhouse is, where they live specifically. I'll say on that partial success to gather information, there's also some stuff on there about like statutes of ownership with a bathhouse specifically, that the residents of the owners of the bathhouse must be within a certain radius of the bathhouse itself. Okay. So while you maybe don't have a specific building, you know, based on the location of the bathhouse, looking at the map, it's going to be one of these houses within this ring around the bathhouse. Okay, cool. Um, Seaway, when you go on one of your walks, keep an eye out for the uh, proprietor. See if you can discover the location of his house, will you? Um, certainly. Ned, I'll take a I'll take a walk and see if I see the proprietor and can maybe maybe I can tail him. Ooh, all right. So we're gonna have you roll to gather information. What skill do you think that sounds like? Um, I'm not any good at it, but we'll do survey because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, and how many dots do you have in survey? None. Okay, <laughs> so you're gonna roll two dice and take the lower result. Double six. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's a three. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you're wandering around and you get very distracted by a fireflake stall and uh, don't unfortunately manage to scope out the owner of this bathhouse. I don't blame you. I want to try fireflakes. <laughs> In any case, uh, that probably is a good transition point. We know what our next job is going to be. We've taken some time to gather information, and I think that seems like a good place for us to close off this episode 
and then next episode pick up with the job itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's rob some people. I, I mean, steal <laughs> land. I get excited about thievery. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, with how excited you guys are about this bathhouse, I feel kind of bad that we know that the bathhouse is going to get demolished in order to make room for the monorail. Right. We're very smart. We'll just make an underground bathhouse. But we'll have the land. Yeah, that pole where the monorail goes, that's our pole. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's always the opportunity to like, you start in that location and then we'll, we'll We'll get into the mechanics of this at a later point if you guys manage to succeed in seizing this turf. But for now, thanks everybody so much for joining us for this episode of ImpTab Avatar, and we'll be back next time with more adventures in the world of Blades in the Dao Fei. If you want more, go and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a young fancy lad with a new qual otter pal to hang out with <laughs> if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us there, you know, maybe you want to talk to me about some of the transitions that I've made between Blaze in the Dark and Bossing Say. I've got all kinds of documents written up on my computer. You know, don't be afraid to reach out. Now it's time to shout out our next batch of sticker club patrons. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those stickers were awesome. Yeah, they were. Yeah, the first batch of stickers has been delivered. It's out there in the world. Pretty exciting stuff. First person we're shouting out today is going to be Sarah Martin. Sarah! Yeah, Sarah is also one of the high-ranking servants working along with Jenna. They are best friends, and Sarah's getting all of the juicy gossip about the hunk Seaway. <laughs> Next up, we got Mason Badman. And Mason uh, was one of the people who was, like, he was always at that bathhouse. He was there every single day. Uh, he's pretty unhappy that it's going to get torn down. But, you know, maybe you have have an ally you know if you're trying to get in there and you know renovate the place maybe mason can come to your help who knows and then the final person we're shouting out today is tim rust and we do know that tim is a big fan of white hamsters don't worry they're going to show up eventually at lang's <laughs> discount pets it's inevitable yeah that's that's the sub like slogan for discount it's pets. inevitable lang's discount pets they got to go fast it's, it's inevitable, inevitable. <laughs> We'll have more Sticker Club patrons to shout out next week. And if you want to join their ranks, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash improv tabletop, where you can also get bonus episodes, Discord access, and uh, you can also get biannual sticker packs and more. Now, let's do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our fake campaigns. We have 15 of those in the hopper. It's been a while since we've done one. I do miss them. They're just delightful. They're fun little jaunts out into a bunch of random worlds. And uh, we'll get back to those eventually. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We just got to get more patrons first. We also have ImpTab Avatar 10,000 Things, our first full-length campaign that we just finished up recently. And I still feel really good about how that turned out. That was a fun time. We've also got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, a D&D 5 actual play where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. Our delightful DM, not Thomas Ryan, but Thomas Brower, <laughs> uh, he's doing a great job bringing some of his own story beats into there, really incorporating the world into the stories of our characters specifically. Really cool stuff going on over there. And then the last plug that we got is we are an affiliate with FanRollDice.com. If you go on there and buy some of their cool dice, such as the Liquid Core D20s that I have been using, like actually using IRL, they're pretty great. Go to FanRollDice.com, and if you use coupon code VroomVroomFifi, you can get 10% off the order of your dice. 
in any case, everybody, thank you for joining us here in the world of ImpTab Avatar Blades in the Dao Fei. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by Thomas Other, not Brower. <laughs> Ryan, that's my last name. Christian Randall playing Tonin Yoru, and Evan Peterson playing Siwei Ling. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on ImpTab Avatar. It's awful, but I always just imagine fireflakes as just like a bowl of red pepper flakes. <laughs> Not at all good. Just like hot. Speak for yourself, bud. There's a recipe for them in the Avatar cookbook, and they sound really good. Ooh. I imagine they're more like Cinefuego Toast Crunch. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see me eat a bowl of Cinefuego Toast Crunch live on camera, join our Patreon. He does it every week. It's not It's not an old one to watch it. Nope, that's, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs>